I can hear you. Excellent. All right. Uh, thank you very much for joining me. I was very scared that this is not going to go to plan because of the, technol- the technicalities that we experienced. Yeah, yeah. We, we just needed to, to download the, the app and then, yeah, we're good to go. All right. Thank you. So, ladies and gentlemen, guys and girls, welcome to another installment of Conversations with Salafang. Well, being a traditional healer in the 21st century is definitely quite challenging, especially due to the scrutiny that is being received by the African traditional healers. And in today's installment of the podcast, I am joined by Mkulu Makanya. He is a former student of Amran Institute. He is a healer and he is a teacher as well. He joins me to discuss all things African spirituality and modern day healing. Um, Mkul, I want us to first start by going back to when does one know that this is the time that I have a question? Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? I can hear you well. Okay, I, I missed you a bit when you said you wanted us to start, um, yeah, and then you got cut off. Could you please uh, repeat that that for me? Okay, I wanted us to take it back to the time that you discovered you had an ancestral calling. Were there any specific dreams, perhaps? So, with me, uh, it was not that I had dreams. My ancestors, uh, you know, chose a different route to indicate to me that I had a spiritual calling. So if I did have dreams, I most certainly do not remember those dreams. Uh, but with me, it happened when it, it manifested itself physically when I started losing weight. And I couldn't explain why I, I, I was losing weight. That was the first sign that I had. Um, I then went to to the doctors and ran all all sorts of tests that you can think of. Um, Yeah, and nothing conclusive was found. Um, The second sign that I had was when I would try to find work, um, I, I, I struggled to find a job. And when I would do find a job, then then I wouldn't last. You know, I, I, I would just feel overwhelmed at the workspace and, and I wouldn't last. Um, another example that I can, I can share with you is when I, I you know, try to complete my studies and all the, all the modules that I didn't like, I, I passed. And all those that I liked, I failed. So it, it was such an odd experience at school, you know, and, and it led to depression. And, you know, depression became another uh, sign for me that things were out of balance in my life. I was not necessarily aligned in, in a manner that, that that was good for me to experience a good and fulfilling life. So, so unlike other people who would dream of beads and water and snakes, da 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 da, unfortunately, I didn't have that. But for me, 
it was two things one it was blockages secondly it was uh physical sickness all right so uh, from what you have just said i gathered that your spiritual being was not in alignment with your physical being that is why it was mm. blocking and yes, also absolutely. i want to ask because of the things that you have just said is it mm-hmm. the time that when we find people to say that sometimes ancestors can actually punish you i don't um hmm. look there are people who believe that there are people who who believe that you know ancestors can punish you ancestors can hurt you i mean even when i was still trying to come to terms with the fact that i had a calling to twasa um i i did experience um uh, an accident and and broke my leg you know and mm. that was one of the signs that 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 was there to indicate that there was something out of balance in my life um and so for some people they might see that as an ancestor punishing me for for perhaps dragging my feet to respond to the calling but but for me i don't i don't want to subscribe uh that type of description to my ancestors and 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 for one reason and one reason only i believe that we partner with ancestors um they are not there to make decisions on our behalf um and they don't impose uh decisions on 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 us and so mm. it is our own decisions that lead us to situations that are painful and hurtful and those decisions are uh in the main they're based on ignorance you know uh the inability to 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 um to perceive of one's journey in a in a broader context because ancestors for example i i i would say they perhaps have a benefit of the helicopter view you know they can they can see your life from from a mm. uh, bigger spectrum compared to myself so so based on one my short sightedness and based on my ignorance i i would turn to make decisions that that in you know ultimately lead to pain or to disappointment and then when that happens then you know i would say ancestors are punishing me so for me it's not it's it's not that ancestors punish but it is because uh we make decisions that ultimately lead to a pen, a, a painful outcome All right because I think um hamoto apashane we say we seek for guidance we seek for healing we seek for peace Mhm so I take it that yes somehow it cannot be a punishment if only the decisions that you make are in alignment of what you actually asking for Yes um yes and another thing that i i guess it's worth mentioning is that um ancestors are not perfect beings in the same way that we are not perfect and mm-hmm. it, it it so happens that sometimes ancestors want things for us that we do not necessarily agree to or resonate with you know um yes. sometimes we we want something ancestors or of our ancestors and perhaps to a certain degree they don't agree or they don't resonate with our suggestions and stuff like that so our our relationship 
is not unlike relationships that we would have as you and I would be, for example, a couple or or members of one family, that in yes. one instance we agree, in other instances we, are, we, we disagree. So, for example, take for example now, if your ancestors advise you not to be in a relationship with me because they can see that, you know what, as friends we are good for each other, but as lovers, we are not necessarily good for each other. And then they they then give that counsel or they give that advice to say, okay, guys, I can we can see that you guys want to do this, but we do not think that it's a it's a wise decision in the bigger scheme of things. And you and I say no, but we insist on on having this relationship. And then three years down the relationship, I cheat on you, and you know I get another woman pregnant. And obviously that's going to become a painful experience for both of us or for you, especially for you. Uh, can we now turn around and say ancestors are punishing us? You see that? Um, some, sometimes, um, I, for example, if oh, wow. I happen to stay in the township and I say to my ancestors, I think it would be a good idea for me to move out of the township. Perhaps it's my, my, my mother's house. And I feel like, you know what, I need to be independent and find my own space. Um, but but then I, I discover that my, my ancestors actually have a, have a certain attachment to, to, to my mother's space. And when I move out and they don't agree. Uh, so moving out is not a bad idea. But because they, they, I have a group of ancestors who perhaps could be attached to the space there, then we might experience conflict until a time where we can reach a, a, an agreeable uh, solution. So it's not that I'm defying them or they will be uh, punishing me because of that uh, decision. But it is because, you know, in every form of relation, we have to go through times and phases where we, we see things differently. And that's that's absolutely fine. All right. Um, so mm -hmm. let us take it to your industry how was it and how would you say it changed mm. you as a person post the initiation? Because I've seen people pretend with different names as compared to those assigned at birth. For example, you'd go there as Mpo, but then when you come back, mm. you come back as Mkululisi so and other names. My, my journey was it introduced me to um deep sense of loneliness that that perhaps I had been caring for a very long time, but I was just not aware of. I found my journey to be lonely. And in the loneliness, I got to discover what it means to be an individual in a world full of people, you know, what it means to be an individual in a house full of family members, uh, what it means to be an individual in, in, a, in a community full of people. So for me, it was lonely, yet in the, in the loneliness, I found a gift of mm. self-definition, um, what it means to be, to be Mpo or Makanyagute, for example. Uh, secondly, my journey was painful. Um, I got to understand the power of human interaction and human affection. You know, Through initiation, you're not allowed to touch and to hug another person so so i got to to be introduced to my 
own energy. You know, when when I say, if I say uh, currently, if I had to say to someone, I am giving you my love, you know, I, I truly understand what that means because I had to go through a time where I had to be separated from other people, from sharing affection with other people. And I found that to be such a painful experience. But that also in, in turn has gifted me with understanding my own emotions and to a certain degree or empowered uh, my emotional intelligence to a certain degree because I got to understand how my feelings feel like before they could even be infused with um, um, uh, feelings of others or affection that I might have received from another person. So my journey was eye-opening. Um, it was very exciting when I learned the, the science of our healing systems, when I learned the techniques of healing and, you know, to go through a transformation of seeing yourself as a nobody to seeing yourself as, as an individual that has the ability to actually make a difference in the lives of other people. That was an, a very, very exciting transformation that I went through. And I enjoyed that, you know. Uh, so I, if I had to compare the self um, before and after, I would say that I'm more centered now, more confident in the self, in, in definition of self. Emotional stability is there because of how then emotional intelligence was, was you know, revived and empowered by that experience. And I'm a lot happier now. Yes. Um, also, I think when you spoke of the transformation that you went as nobody, but you came back as somebody, I think it also relates to how when someone treats mm. you, we say, mm. in such mm. a way that we show that Absolutely. we recognize you, we see the power within Um. Mm -hmm. I take it that we are all spiritual beings, ne? Just, just that we have different callings, yes. which I find yes. to equate to different mm -hmm. purposes. And, and as a healer, what's your gift? Because others heal through sound, muti, bones, water, exorcism, etc. Hello? Can you hear me, ma'am? Yes, I was yes. saying. Yes, I was saying. As a healer, what's your gift? Uh, because other people heal through sound, others through mood, yes. exorcism, my, my bones, and I, water. I missed the question. There, I think we got cut off, but but I've got it now. Um, so my passion is to teach uh, spirituality, uh, to teach about spirituality, to help people. Um, find themselves to find their place in the bigger scheme of things, particularly in that which speaks of the divine or spirituality. Spiritual education is, is my, my passion, my strength. Um, I use knowledge to heal people. I also make use of, of oracles, of bones to heal people. I make use of, I make use of water uh, prayer, 
as well as Muti, you know. So sometimes I use a combination of all of them. Sometimes I use one. Other times I would use two. So yeah, those those are my gifts. And I'm particularly blessed with the ability to 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 heal wombs. You know, womb health is is one of my passions, as well as yes, as well as children that have been aborted or miscarried to transition back to the spirit world um the majority of my my work is is finds emphasis in that um so yeah that's that's what i do all right um you know what i'm of the view that oftentimes you find that um even though spirituality is actually a return to self being and allows one to know their purpose, you'll find that when it is taught in a church space, it is put out as though it is evil, dark and demonic. And I find it interesting that you actually go to church and practice as a healer too. So how do you strike the balance between the two and infuse mm. the understanding of God Look, in African spirituality. The, the minute you say Africa, you are you are making a statement of mm-hmm. protest. You know, the minute you say Africa, you are making a statement of okay of questioning the status quo. Even before you get into any 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 form of detail directed at any faculty of being Africa. So the minute you say Africa, uh, there's all eyebrows uh, rise mm-hmm. and the suspicion attached to that word. So it is absolutely normal for us to be labeled as demonic uh, because then that's how we have been indoctrinated. And also to a certain degree, um, our 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 Christian education system, our secular education system, obviously is responsible for that, because you have to uh, uh, sort of deflect focus uh, away from what really matters, if you want to rob people of that which is the most valuable for their empowerment, for their evolution. So. The, the the current spiritual diet that exists and that has always been in existence is meant to to deflect focus from from true divine power so that spiritually we are not grounded we are not sound um a secular education is there deflecting us away from the power of the gold which is found on the earth which is found on, in in africa so that uh, economically we are not uh, financially sound. So if you have removed those two principles or aspects of our existence from our identity and our sense of well-being, then you have indeed uh, disempowered us enough for you to come into the planet, I mean, into, into Africa, help yourself to the gold and help yourself to the consciousness of the, of the people of Africa. So... So for me, that understanding is clear that, you know, it is a deliberate way to demean and to dehumanize us. Therefore, it's nothing to be worried about, you know. Um, 
if really, 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 uh, you know, we are our ancestors are demons and our spiritual systems are demon are demonic. Why is it that they are copied so much? You know, why is it that the Western world is obsessed with this continent? Um, why is it that some even try to to take our babies, you know, and raise them in, in, in Western hemispheres? Why so much obsession if, if we are so bad? So for me, it doesn't bother me. Um, I do what I feel is necessary and that which I know is, is, is good for my advancement. And speaking of Westernization, I, I think one thing that I get from it is that a Western education, it is one that kind of teaches you how to be saved and what to conform to. Whereas in an African spirituality state, you are kind of given a platform to find what it is that works for you, to find mm. how you can navigate mm. the space as well. So, so that is absolutely true. Um, Western education, you know, when you get into class, when you're about to start your curriculum, they tell you what the goal of the, of the lesson is or of the module is. And they even have particular outcomes. That, uh, they have particular outcomes that they look out for when you're done. We also have that, but ours is different, you know. Um, um, we create space for your soul to express itself because we believe that you, you, you've come into the planet to live your soul purpose. And your soul purpose is inclusive of the imaginative, which is the right brain, and the cognitive, which is the left brain. So unlike Western education that focuses purely on the cognitive and leaves the rest of you out, uh, our, our form of education system is an inclusive one and a holistic one. All right. Um, I want us to now talk about sex mm. and sexuality, but in a spiritual realm. Because I think when I first contacted you, I made it kind of clear that there's something that confuses me. We find that homosexuality is said to be an African, yet we come across healers who are members of the LGBTIQ plus community. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, yes. I lost you again there. Could you please repeat your question, man? I can hear you. Mm -hmm. All right. I was saying, um, oftentimes we yes. find that homosexuality is said to be an African. Yet we come across mm. healers who are actually homosexual. So I think, I think my question would be, <coughs> since it is said to be an African, does it mean that ancestors mm. are foreign or Western because mm. they them despite their sexual so, orientation. So look, um, we have we sit with a lot of definition of what Africa is. Uh, there's people who are, who are giving nothing to Africa but are benefiting from Africa. They have a definition of, of what Africa is, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. We have people who, who loot and abuse and rape Africa and want to control Africa and they have the definition of what Africa is. Um, but for me, we, 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 I mean, our ancestors would say 
be first, our first teacher is nature. We need to look at how nature behaves for us to gain insight on how to go about uh, life in some instances. So we have always had gays and lesbians in, 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 our, in our lineages. And gays and lesbians were, were called gatekeepers, you know. They were seen to embody both the energy of the masculine and the feminine. Um, okay, everybody does embody the, the, the energy mm-hmm. of the masculine and the feminine. But they, they, w- they were described as those that actually um, even uh, uh, coexist, even in this lifetime, in the physical, they coexist literally between this world and the spirit world. And that's why they were called gatekeepers, you know? Um, so, and, and for us, they were not an issue. It was not an issue when someone is gay or when someone is lesbian. They would just be be seen, be witnessed. Okay, this character is, is gay. Okay, he's a gay. wouldn't be something to... You wouldn't uh, ostracize someone based on their sexuality in our, in our spirituality. We, okay, I think, uh, can you hear me, ma'am? I saw my screen saying it's trying to connect. Okay, so so it was never an issue where you. you, where, for example, you would have a day where they say, okay, today is, is day for gay people or gay for a day for lesbians. It was just normal that gay people and, and lesbians are part and parcel of our families, part and parcel of our communities. Um so if, if you want to say that uh, gays and lesbians, are, it's not African, I tend to, to disagree with that. All right. Um, okay, I understand you. And I think another thing is that a number of misconceptions about African spirituality. And oftentimes you find that it is said that traditional healers are actually into witchcraft. But I think there is a thin line between someone who practices Mm. witchcraft and someone who is a traditional healer. Can you distinct between the two, like a healer and someone who is a wizard? So obviously the word witchcraft, wizard, and witch uh, find their root meaning from the Western form of uh, occultism meaning that the, the Sangoma version of the West would be called a wizard or a witch or uh, a witch dog, Barki, um, uh, um, wizard, witch, uh, and they practice witchcraft. And we will remember that there was a time in the mm-hmm. West where witches were being burned and being crucified because the church had declared them as evil. But we know that the, the attack on those people was there because the church wanted to gain monopoly over the consciousness of, of, of the collective of people, as it were. Therefore, it had to demonize them as bad people. All right, let's start there. So not all witches were bad, in as much as not all pastors are mm-hmm. good. Okay. So in, in 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 nature and society, polarity is a fact of life. You will get a good doctor, you'll get a bad doctor, you'll get a good cop, you'll get a bad cop. Um, you will get a good healer, you will get a bad healer, you will get a good witch and a bad witch, all right? So so because in the modern day, witch 
and wizard are still seen as something of evil. And then when missionaries arrived in Africa, then they attached that uh, word to us to say Sangomas are witches and wizards, which essentially to be a witch and to be a wizard is not an evil thing. But because they, 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 they had um, converted that word to begin to mean something less or something evil, it has then been attached to us, you know, as, as Sangomas to say we are evil and stuff. So, so we, we, not all of us uh, are good and not all of us are bad, but we also fall under the law of nature that in nature there's polarity of positive and negative, good and bad. So I don't want to sit and say to you that uh, healers mm. are all perfect and we are all good. There's no such a thing in as much as not all pastors and all ministers and all reverends are, are, are good. All right. And when you say that not all healers are good, I think it takes me to the notion that um, even ancestors, not all of them are actually good. We have absolutely. the bad that and the good ancestors. Correct. That is absolutely correct. People that, that do what we call wrong or bad oh. or harmful in society are also aligned with spirits that are not good. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. And I think both culture and tradition is in a, con a constant mm. state of flux and forever evolving. So how has this evolution affected the mm. consultation mode in healing? Good question. So um, people in the olden days understood the importance of consulting with, with the oracles, you know, uh, they understood the art of why you would need to consult with an oracle, okay? Um, and they used the system mm. quite well and quite impressively. So what we find in the modern era, for example, is that people are still trying to understand the meaning of the oracle, why they need to consult with the oracle, etc. And you find people come and, you know, I mean, someone wants they are actually looking for a fortune teller and then they come to you. And I say to people, no, I'm not a fortune teller. I mean, someone would ask you, what does the future hold for me? That's not what I do. The, the Oracle is not there to tell your fortune. Um, someone would come and say, I have a boyfriend and I'm suspecting that he's cheating on me. Could you please check with the Oracle if um, my boyfriend is cheating? And I say to them, but the oracle is not Snoopy, you know. You want to use the oracle as a spy. Yeah. So so we can't use the oracle to check on someone's life without their permission. So so you see with those instances that Neman, we, we need a, a education around what a bone reading is, what is its purpose, and how do we go about seeking for 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 exploring the purpose through the oracle yeah yes and i think i think mm -hmm. one other thing that i wanted to ask is it possible for one to have an ancestral calling but after the initiation they do not get to practice okay could you please repeat your question man 
Yeah. I was saying, uh, is it possible for an individual to have an ancestral calling, answer it, and after the initiation, they don't get to practice at all. They just yes. answer the so calling. There, and are, okay. there are people who, who do not prefer to, to take up the work full time. Um, they they choose to just learn the trade and not practice. All. You know, we, we do have that, those type of individuals. And I think you also someone and they end up they they did not study for so even that theme you you do find it in, in indigenous systems so yes someone can do that all right um as a healer i want to believe sometimes you also need healing and we know you cannot heal yourself. So what, what do you do? Who do you um, tend to? I tend to my ancestors and God in nature. So when I'm sick, when I'm tired, when I'm exhausted, I sleep. Um, I also travel a lot. I love going to the ocean. I love sitting in, in, in nature. I find that to be therapeutic and, and very healing. Uh, but at a practical level where um, I might need someone's help, I do have colleagues that, that I consult with and I, and I tell them, look, um, yeah, this is my experience. Please, could you be a sounding board? And, and yeah, I do, I do I receive that from, from a few colleagues. Oh, okay. And I think the last question that I have it would be the relationship between, mm. I know it's, it is going to come off as bizarre, but the relationship between humans and, and snakes, mm. I find it so difficult to grasp. How, mm. how is it like? Um, how's the relationship between humans and snakes? <laughs> yes. Look, um, if you if you're going to speak about guides who are able to take the form of snakes, uh, obviously those are higher beings that inhibit different uh, spaces, um, and you also get uh, elementaries, you know, and gods who can take up any form that they like. And in our instance, for example, as as Black African people, we find that our ancestors like taking the form of. Um, so, so, um, yeah, we, we have been coexisting with that mystery and we don't know why, we don't know why they are attracted to the, to the body of, of, or the life of, of snakes. Uh, we don't know. We, it's, it's one of those mysteries that, that we live with. Yes, because I remember an aunt of mine, I think it was sometime around 2008. Mm. Eight nine somewhere there, she went. To, mm. She went to a lake beating up a drum, and she took about mm. a week not coming out of the water. And I was mm. like, "What? Mm. What the hell is happening?" Yeah. So, so obviously we are also related to other forms of life that live in the water. So she probably took a, a, a trip down there, mm -hmm. and yeah, came out a week later. She went to go see some of her families there. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What a fascination. Um, so where can people reach you if you do, uh, sure. if they would like to be uh, in touch with you? On Facebook, you, I go by the name Mkulumakanya. They can find me as Mkulumakanya on Facebook and Instagram as well. Mkulumakanya, you can easily send me an inbox and then we can we can make arrangements for us to meet. Uh, you can also check out my website, Rana Lady, um, where I, you know, you see what I do and what I'm about. R A N A L Rana Lady, R A N A L E D I dot com. Yeah. All right. Is your series is your series on Facebook still yes, going wrapped on? It up. Or we are currently it up? Uh, on on a meditate on a seven day meditation practice, uh, thirty minutes a day. We're trying to encourage our followers to get into meditation. So yeah, we, that's what we're currently busy with. Yes. All right. Before I before I wrap things yes. up, I've just remembered something like how we as black people are so comfortable with saying. Like when your parent or a, a, a brother dies, you say you have gained an, a guardian angel. But when someone says they have gained an ancestor, mm, it becomes mm. so bizarre. Yeah, it's one of those uh, social st- stereotypes, you know. So, yeah, so that's what it is. Uh, one of those uh, stereotypes that we have to live with. But there's nothing wrong with, with saying that, absolutely. All right. Uh, thank you very much for yes. having agreed to join me for this conversation. I, I hope the people that are going to listen to it are going to find it quite informative, educational, and hopefully walk away having learned something new and having had some light shared yes. on a few confusions. No, thank you so much, Ron. It's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for honoring me with the invitation. Okay, it's it. Alright, take care. Bye-bye.